When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 1. A Karen is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Yes, we're back. It's Season 11. It's the final countdown, and we are ramping up to the ultimate end of all things Walking Dead until we get our Rick Grimes movies or something, or our Carol and Daryl spinoff, or Fear the Walking Dead goes into Season 93. We still got a wrap-up world beyond. This is not really the end. This is the beginning. The end is the beginning. Wait, that's the other one. Sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about season 11 of The Walking Dead. With me, as always, I've got a great panel for you here tonight. Um, we'll start off with a man we bring on to the podcast because of his deep knowledge of the subway system. Chappelle, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm very excited to be here talking about the subway system. Um, I've been to subway. I've had a foot long, like meatball <laughs> marinara type situation, but I don't think I've, have I ever been in a subway? I don't know, but I'm happy to be here regardless. Um, We've literally you never been me. in a subway. I think I did once. I've been to New York once and I definitely got on a train. I don't know if it was above ground or below ground. It might've been below ground and then it went above ground. I don't know. I'm from mm-hmm. Texas. We don't do that here. <laughs> You don't have trains in Texas. We don't have underground ones. Uh, not to my knowledge, at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. And of course, also with us with us tonight, and hopefully many times throughout the rest of the season, is a man who remembers every single zip code he's ever lived at, AJ Mass. Well, now it is of, of great importance that I give them to you in numerical order, starting from my earliest state of birth and residency in the 11354 of, <laughs> of Flushing, New York, where they do have subways. By the way, the seven line runs through. Y'all, y'all just going to kill me anyway. I don't even know why I'm talking to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, uh, whether we came above ground or below, and we are here to talk about the first season, the first episode of the season. And I think maybe before we get into all the things that happened in this episode, it might be good to bring our readers back to where we left things because some of you maybe took our advice and skipped those six episodes that were sort of interstitial. Um, You honestly, you do not need to go back and watch them unless you're like a big Robert Patrick fan, or you wrote a lot of Daryl Dixon fan fiction with Mary Sue's self-insert character that might appeal to you. Um, Or you like, or you like fight club a lot because I think there is a fight club episode in there. Um, 
But let's let's talk about where we left things at the end of season ten and the end of proper season ten. We'll just skip over like all this uh, season ten C stuff. So <laughs> let's start off. Uh, we had the return of Maggie. That was a big thing, obviously, and so Maggie is obviously very central to this particular episode. And we also had a bunch of our friends going to go see if Eugene got catfished. And I think maybe that's where we start here. Um, The end of last season saw Eugene and Yumiko and Princess and Ezekiel surrounded by a bunch of dollar store stormtroopers (laughs) and herded into a railway car. And now they are being taken for processing. So, Chappelle, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to you. Does this, does this mixing in of a different type of post-apocalyptic thing, like, are we getting our dystopias too mixed up here? I think so. I, I'm very happy that we're back to our regularly scheduled program. Like, it doesn't look like we're gonna get any bottle episodes anytime soon. It looks like they're they're moving forward with the plot so i like that a lot but yeah they still haven't explained to us what exactly is going on here and with this being the last season i don't know if they have enough time to like tie this all up the way that they need to right because they still have like the drama with maggie and you know like we're going to talk about her going back and getting revenge for being like like seeing her whole community slaughtered but now we also have this like stormtrooper land you know then people are being reprogrammed or well reprocessed and we don't really know why yet uh, we don't know why they're being interviewed so intensely we don't know what that's ha- what's happening with this and i just don't know if we have the time so i'm very excited to see what they do with it but it is a lot i can't lie it's, it's a lot going on right now at least for me yeah they spent two-thirds of the episode asking a whole bunch of questions uh aj what do you make of that what do you make of all these like unrelated detailed questions of the before times well, I, I, I think first of all, I have to say, you know, the show, the structure of this first episode, you know, we had like the 10 minute long set piece to kick things off with no dialogue, essentially. And that was that was really cool. And then we we focused a lot on the Alexandria of it all. And, you know, the Maggie's quest, uh, you know, when we finally got to our, our four intrepid uh Death Star interlopers, for lack of a better term. <laughs> I, I was excited to see them. I actually went, oh, cool. We're going to see this. I didn't think we we're going to see this in the first episode, given how long it, it was. It was like 30 minutes in when they finally switched to this story. So I was like really excited to see it. Uh, a little disappointed that it essentially turned into uh, this interrogation scene. Like, OK, did, when did this become, you know, line of duty from the UK? And it's just like a cop procedural. It's like this very weird uh, tonal shift. Uh, I don't know what all the questions really are because we don't know who they are. We don't, I I don't even know what they could possibly be. That would be interesting to me at this point. I don't think the reveal is going to be worth it because there's two options. They're either really, really nice. And they're just trying to weed Mm -hmm. out like weak people or they're really, really evil. And haven't we seen that? turn before so I, I just i don't know what they could possibly come up with there i hope they can come up with something that's interesting uh you know i i took most of this as just kind of weirdly comic relief for an episode that was missing you know that kind of the lighthearted moments because the the maggie storyline was so much more intense so you know when, when princess is just doing her thing it's it's funny 
I, I don't again, like like Chappelle said, I think it's a second, a different show at that point, and I don't know that they melded the two together perfectly. But yet, I found myself enjoying it, nevertheless. Yeah, I want to interject too because in that uh, interview scene, you know, one of the things that caught my attention was that they were wearing like business attire for this interview. Like they came in full cop detective, good cop, bad cop garb. And I want to know, like, I was thinking, like, are they good guys? Are they bad guys? But if you're coming in business like attire for this, you have to be a bad guy because in the zombie apocalypse, did you iron? <laughs> did you purposely put on a suit jacket? Like, there's a blazer on this woman. I have a problem with that because in the world that we live in right now, I don't even want to put on regular pants. And they got dressed up for these interrogations to ask them, well, what do you wipe with? You know, how often do you use bowel movements? Like, what were your zip codes growing up? You know, remember the first job you had? Why do you have that $2 bill? They're asking you those kind of questions. They got dressed up for them. These people are the devil. I don't know what they're going to do, but I know I don't like it. Yeah, I don't think there's any good explanation for putting people through this, like, Kafka-esque isolation chamber thing. There's no good reason you do that to anybody. Like, no good civilization does that. To your point, AJ, the nice people don't have to weed out the weak ones. The nice people will just give the weak ones something nice. Yes, but, I mean, you know, we've established over the many, many, many years uh, you know, a certain level of questioning is okay. I mean, Rick had it down to a, t- you know, streamline three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I think they've gone far, far deeper into the uh, the pool of questions here. Uh, I mean, from a character perspective, it was interesting to see how they all answered the questions differently and how their reactions to being questioned uh, was different from all of them. And I love the turn when Ezekiel turns to the guy, oh, I'm going to talk to you because you're clearly the one in charge. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that done better on so many other shows, and it wasn't even played as a big reveal here, where it's like, oh, you know, that person's actually not the innocent serpent. You know, they're actually the the one in charge. It was like, okay, is he in charge? Maybe he isn't. You know, he could have been lying just just to mess with Ezekiel Moore. And, and who cares? Because, yeah. because there's clearly someone above him and someone above him and above her and above her and above him. Mm-hmm. And above, you know, so I don't know. I, I think... It's fine if they, you know, this is the last season. If we get through this mystery real fast, I'll give them episode one to do this. But, you know, if we're still like 11.6 and still not sure what's going on, there's a big problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. We need to get them in and out pretty quickly. But, you know, we've seen enough of it here that we know they're not going to be like there's a couple of different avenues to get them out. Like we've seen, they're capable of escaping, even if they're not actually going to choose to right now. Uh, yeah, by 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 attacking the two stormtroopers whose costumes they actually fit into. Hooray, hooray. The, that was the, convenient. The old Scooby-Doo trick. Ah, you know, classic. You know, it was cartoonish, you know, but you I... I enjoyed I enjoyed their storyline. I actually think I'm kind of invested in it because I think it's when we had all of those like random one off episodes. I think this was one of the more interesting plot lines that we explored. I mean, not to be disrespectful to the backstory of dog, but, you know, <laughs> princess, princess in the box was a like we kept asking, like, did it really happen? Was she, you know, interrogated? Did all was all of that just a lie? And so I was happy that we revisited that because that was one of the things we were just left hanging with after last season. Um, so I enjoyed 
enjoyed it, but I do think it, there it was largely like that's the comedic group. Like the other group is the serious mm-hmm. the group, and we know what their plan is. They're like they got to get revenge and they got to get food. Like oh okay, but let's see what these guys are talking about. I, I'm kind of invested. Yeah, you, you've got a good point, Chappelle. This is something new and different. Like mm-hmm. this is not just oh some people are going to come in and steal our shit and kill us, and we've seen that many many times. Uh, but this is like these people may have had they may have something figured out that nobody else does. And that's not even I think the people that read the comics and without giving away too much, like the word Commonwealth is big for comic readers. This is a big part of the story going forward. And obviously the show does some things that are not quite the same. We can't use the same characters in many cases. And a lot of things in the comics that have been a big deal end up being nothing on the show and vice versa. Um, so I don't even know if it is a spoiler to say that the Commonwealth is a huge deal in the, in the comics because it may not be in the show, but I'm guessing it is. And I'm guessing that like these people, they have a different way of life. They're not nomadic murderers and they're not like just scraping by like our heroes. And I think that's, that's potentially very interesting. Like, where did they get their business casual attire? Who does their ironing? That's already interesting. It, it caught my attention. I'm not going to lie to you. And I, I want to know how you make these two storylines become one, right? Because right now we don't have any reason to believe that the Commonwealth has anything to do with these, like, you know, mercenaries that went and took out Alexandria or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like, we don't have any reason to believe that those two things overlap. And so, I mean, do they overlap? I think even... Uh, I think someone even asked the question, like, is it real? You know, like, are they just talking about something that could just be fake and they're just holding us here? Uh, I would like to know. So, yeah, hearing that it's in the comic, it gives me hope that this is going to be like a larger plot line. But I definitely want to know how you get that other group back with this group, because for me, this is the more entertaining group. They, they're funny. I, I had a good a couple a couple laughs. Yeah, they definitely they got the right group together for this, for sure. Um, so I'm going to be very interested to see what happens there. I I did think one thing they did that really annoyed me is that we didn't see, we didn't see how they got the armor. They didn't see them like doing the classic cartoon maneuver of like bopping someone over the head and stealing their clothes. Mm -hmm. Well, they they hinted at how they got the armor. Yeah, we we don't. They hinted that the schmucky and schmucky too go off and have their Mm -hmm. little dalliance and just leave their armor lying there (laughs) and come back and get it later. So, you know, they kind of, Hinted at, we don't really need to see them putting it on because that's all they would have to do. It it takes the entire rest of the episode, and we needed that (laughs) extra time to ask a lot more intrusive questions. I mean, also, also, I mean, you know, it's episode one again, and and clearly they're in some sort of danger. I I feel that, but how much danger can it be if they can pull off the ruse of, uh, hey, you two, where are you taking them? Um, to reprogramming. Okay, carry on. Like, you cool. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine. We're all fine here. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a little, it's a little much to, to, yeah. uh, to believe that uh, a, a finely oiled machine uh, would, would, they could escape so easily. And yeah. I mean, it's I, not. And I like the fact where, where they end it, where it's like, hey, there's this board of pictures. And, hey, you're on this picture, Yumiko. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, you're on the milk carton. Yeah. It's like, OK, cool. That's a reason to stay. Like, yeah. I get that, especially in a post-apocalyptic world where we, we do kind of, kind of play the game of, oh, of 
all the people in the world to stumble across us. It's somebody I knew from college or it's my long lost friend who I knew once 53 years ago. Like that coincidence card, you you know, it's hard to figure out how to play that, but this kind of makes sense. Like if there's a, there's like a muster point here where people are brought then perhaps, you know, someone who knew Yumiko would have come here. Sure. It makes more sense to me. So uh, I'm willing to see where it's going. Uh, I'm interested to see where it's going. And I, you know, really, I, I can't argue with Eugene and Princess on the screen at the mm-hmm. same time. They, they both make me laugh. Yeah. yeah they're, yeah. they're hilarious. I mean, not to mention that the, that that board is kind of, it's a ticket in and it mm-hmm. keeps yeah. us from having to sit in the Kafkaesque nightmare for a whole other episode. Yeah. It says at the top, expedite these people. And you yeah. it does. Yeah. Put two and two together there. Uh, yeah. There was an Easter egg in that scene. Did, did you hear about this? There's no. somebody else whose name we know is on that board. Oh yes, I did see that. Yeah, I did. Oh, I did that. not see that. Are we going to tell me? That. Yeah, there what, is what, a there is a note on the board. Somebody is looking for Heath. Heath. Oh, we haven't heard that name in a while. I know. Yeah, and then okay, Corey Hawkins kind of busy, but if he ever wants to come back, I think somebody's looking for him. Well, tick tick. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, these, these picture wall things—they always get me. I mean, y'all, y'all are from New York, so mm-hmm. y'all understand we too. All, like, mm-hmm. we'll yeah, yeah, so. yeah, y'all, y'all know the picture wall. I remember when Katrina happened in the Astrodome. We had the picture wall. Like it was—it's a thing. And so, whenever you show me a picture wall and someone's staring at it, I mean, I—I'm like an android. I only know one speed. I'm just giggling all the time. But that one actually does hit hit me in the heart. And so, when I saw that scene with Yumiko I was like okay as much as I want y'all to get out I get it you know so I, I wasn't shocked that she ended up staying but yeah definitely hearing that even Heath's name is coming up that does have me a little bit more interested I'm hoping that it's just not an easter egg for easter egg's uh, like sake and I think that's what I'm more annoyed about the walking dead a lot of times they will leave us with stuff that just never gets tied up and we're asking questions about it for 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 seasons after seasons and with this being last season it's like well don't give us that if it doesn't mean anything you know yeah. like I want to know that if Heath's name pops up and we're supposed to notice it that it matters and not just like oh remember Heath that I, we liked Heath <laughs> remember that? you know like yeah. yeah remember that that's the thing that happened so hopefully you know it leads to something else I'm optimistic yeah can we have maybe this maybe the series finale could be like either the Animal House ending or even the Six Feet Under ending, where we just take a whole long list of all these people we don't know what happened to them, and we just go down the list like, here's what happened to this person, here's what happened to this person. So Heath got eaten, and, <laughs> and we get the closure. As long as it does not involve Chris Hardwick and a montage, I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, th- uh, I think we're good here. Yeah. <laughs> In memoriam. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Although, if um, if Somebody wants to write us a song parody to the tune of the In Memoriam song. As has <laughs> happened in the past, I'm totally here for it. <laughs> and I think it'd go a little something like this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Heath, what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's let's rewind then and let's go back to this um, set piece that we didn't really talk about. Um, AJ, you brought it up with the 10 minutes of almost no dialogue this beautiful cinematic thing that was really not much information we didn't already have, but shot in a new and interesting way, I think. Yeah, you had the the uh, rappelling down into a subterranean bunker, and that was kind of cool. I, I like the fact that the people who went down 
down to do the foraging and who were put in the biggest danger were the women mm-hmm. and the men stayed up. And, you know, I get that part of that might just be because they needed the upper body strength to be able to uh, pull them back in. But I, I, I think there's a, a genderless power structure here that is definitely noticeable when you do that. And I thought it was very cool. That the, the, you know, I wasn't afraid for any of them because mm-hmm. there are women and you would get that on a lot of other shows where it's like, Oh, you need the big man to save. you know, we don't need the big men to save, save these women. They're, they're badass on their own and yeah. each in their own way. And that was, that was cool when you realize that. Um, and then we had what we had the, uh, the sleeping zombies, <laughs> sleeping dead. <laughs> the yeah. Sleeping dead. Uh, that's a good, that's a good, it's a good entry point. I thought. Yeah, one of the questions we had, um, several different people asked us this question. Um, have we seen the Sleeping Dead before? Mm-hmm. And we have. I, yeah. The answer is we saw them as early as the prison, I believe. Like there were a lot of scenes of like people walking down a hall and thinking that is a dead, dead person. And then the dead, dead person turns out to only be partially dead. Um, and in that point in the comics, they explain it in detail that if an, if a zombie doesn't eat for a while and nothing interesting happens, it just sort of like kind of loses energy and kind of gets lethargic. They call them lurkers, but they can wake up pretty quick when something interesting happens. So I thought it was interesting that they were, that they decided they're not going to bother these zombies they're going to see if they can just get in and out without perturbing them in any way and it almost worked but you knew it was not gonna it was not gonna go off without a hitch for sure right it's the ticking time bomb you know we're just waiting on it to happen we don't know who's gonna trip it we don't know how to screw they're gonna screw this up but we know it's gonna come eventually and it does and but it i think the scene pays off i think um Herschel is built by a, l- a lurker, you know, it's like in the past. I think I ended yeah. up having to look it up because I was like, why are these zombies sleeping? But yeah, so like the, the lurkers have been around for a while, but I think that it, it kind of adds a different layer of like, now it's like a landmine, you know, like mm-hmm. you got to watch where you step. You can't be too loud. You don't know what's going to trigger them. Even something as small as a drop of blood will wake them all up. Who knew? So uh, I think it's interesting. I, I hope they use them more. Also, we come from a season where there were largely not a lot of walkers in the first place. Like the last season, we were talking about how like you could tell the COVID impact, right? Like you don't have too many Mm -hmm. people in any scenes. There's a lot of people who you never see in the same scenes because you probably don't want to expose them. Now you have the opportunity to say, okay, well, maybe we might have three or four walkers move, maybe 10 max, but we have a a lot of them laying around the room. So you still get that feel without necessarily having to have a bunch of people cast it and put at risk of, you know, some other type of apocalyptic disease. So I I enjoyed the scene overall. I think think it's a a fun way to make a a heist film sequence Mm -hmm. where normally this would be the room with the lasers in it. Exactly. Okay, so the lasers are not just zombies. I thought thought that was a clever way to do that. Yeah, I did have a couple of questions, though. I I have several questions about this plan. And my first question being, if they ended up having to take them all out from the air in the first place, why didn't they do that to begin with? Like take out a bunch of the zombies and then go in. So you don't have to worry about waking the zombies. Um, the second thing is we have a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of noise made about there's not enough shelter for people. We're going to have to rebuild all these buildings. We need places to put people so they can sleep. We need, you know, we need to supply people. Well, why are you going into this perfectly good army barracks and taking all the food out? Why don't you bring the people to the food? 
And then you have a nice place to stay that is secure. You don't have to build a big wall. You don't have to, you know, you have guns, you have food, you have bunks, you have helicopter parts if you need them. And you just clear out that area and put people in it. I don't know why that's not an option. Yeah. I mean, I I could argue that if you're coming from living in a town uh, and being outside uh, for many years, be be it Hilltop or Alexandria, you know, to put yourself in a really claustrophobic space like that with only one entrance from the top. I mean, you are sitting ducks for the first people who come by with hand grenades. I just I don't Mm. necessarily think that that you would feel safe there. That's a good point. Mm. If there's yeah. only one ingress, that is that is a good point. And it, it also surprises me that nobody else knew this thing was here. It's mm-hmm. been 10 years. I feel like all the MREs would have disappeared at a certain point. Yeah. How long have the lurkers been laying there? You know, yeah. we don't even know. Like, we, we someone could have just left like a week ago and then these people have moved in and maybe they left the MRE. So you don't know who's going to come back either, I guess. So yeah. I don't think it's the most solid plan, but I didn't, I hadn't thought about it, honestly, until you mentioned it. I think uh, the reason you probably don't take out a bunch of the uh, walkers from the air is that you wake the rest of them up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you start shooting down in there and then you're like, okay, is the coast is clear and now you have to deal with the walkers. But you could tell they put a lot of thought into this plan because this yeah. pulley system that they had and all that other stuff like they have been they must have been working on this for a while because it's not just something you just guess that you can do like i will lower y'all down y'all can grab the the you know the um mres and then just come back like no that's not how things work like someone had to scope this out so i'm hoping that they've already realized like maybe it's just not viable um but yeah when they're sitting there thinking about where else can we go that's a perfectly good example of a place you can go if you think it's safe um because wherever they're at right now it's just not going to hold up it seems yeah. Do you do this thing where you you walk around thinking about various structures in your neighborhood, in your city? Like if there was a zombie apocalypse, would this be a good place to live? Every it's crossed my mind. Single day, <laughs> especially since know. Tiger King times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, even like I mentioned, you know, Katrina earlier, but you know, down in Texas, it, it became like a thing where like people were living in stadiums mm-hmm. and it was not great. It was nope. not great. And I'm like, for me, there's no way I go to a stadium, you know, in a world where there's like as an apocalyptic area, like I'm looking for whatever last place has a bomb shelter or something like that. You know, like it just, mm-hmm. it's really hard to find refuge in a place like this. That's like, largely desert um but you know it's it's something that you just can't escape in your mind so yeah seeing this army barrack for me that looks very attractive as a place Mm -hmm. to stay but i guess they had better options maybe they had access to maybe like a water system i don't know what Mm -hmm. the landscape is around where they currently live but um i mean they're not going to be able to stay there long uh regardless yeah like alexandria is pretty much leveled at this point they got to figure out something new which mm-hmm. I think like that's part of the Hail Mary pass we're doing up at the Commonwealth. It's like, well, if these people are okay, if Eugene can get in a good word with us to his girlfriend, maybe they can invite everybody else to come stay with them. Um, but there's got to be, you know, and then we also have the other option of Maggie's old town. She's like, yeah, we just left and we left all this good stuff. And maybe the people that chased us out didn't take it for some reason. It seems like also a very long shot because why were these people chasing them out and killing them if not to take their stuff? Because I'm given to understand we want your stuff is the primary motivator of every villain in the Walking Dead universe. 
I have a question too. Do we think this even is a good plan, right? Because I I feel like this plan isn't even motivated by that. I think this is just Maggie not being happy that she got booted, right? Like, yeah. a large part of it is that, like, okay, they took our stuff. Yes, we need to go get our stuff back. But I think this is, let me go get my friends and then we gonna roll on your friends and we gonna get revenge because you killed mm-hmm. all our, you know, the people. So I'm like, I don't even know if Maggie has thought that through that, what are you going to? There might not be anything for you there. Those people could have taken that stuff and left. But Maggie's assuming that they're there and there's extra stuff. And I just don't know what there is. Yeah, it seems like Maggie just wants something to do. And that's kind of <laughs> Maggie's problem. She just wants to be in charge of something. Well, I mean, and also I, I think you do have, at least I could see some sort of motivation coming from the, look, if I stay here and do nothing, I'm going to mm-hmm. see Megan's face every single day mm-hmm. as a reminder of everything that I've lost. And what she's lost in terms of Glenn, she can't get back. Mm-hmm. But what she lost in terms of this place, maybe she can, at least in some small part. And and I think she's grasping at straws because, again, every time she looks over and, and sees Negan, it's like, damn. <laughs> so I, I, I can see that being just a motivating factor. Of like, I'm not sitting here and doing nothing. And at least this is a place yeah. that I can I can rationalize in my head. Even It might be stupid, but I'm not staying yeah. here. I can stay here and look at Negan every single day, or I can go out on the road with a project and look at Negan every single day. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely Negan bring him with you. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. Bring with you the thing you're trying to escape. He might not rule your plan. He might just let you, you know, get attacked by walkers in a subway. Who knows? Um, for me though, I really wanted to know that because it was like the Maggie Negan of it all. Like I really want to dive into this because you know, like, yeah, she could just stay where they're at, but they're going to run out of food anyway, right? Like, staying there looking at Negan is not the biggest of her issues. Like, eventually, they're going to run out of food. They got, like, a week left. And so, it's like, they have to do something. So, I don't really blame them for having the plan. But my first question was, why is Negan with y'all? Like, y'all can't lock him up. Or, like, Maggie's here now. Like, obviously, you have to pick sides. You pick Maggie's side. You lock him up, and then they go do the mission. But when Negan calls her out later on, and I know we haven't gotten there yet, I actually started to believe him a little bit, like, is, is this the long con? Is he mm-hmm. like, let me just get you out in the like in the wilderness so I can kill you and nobody will say anything and we'll just move on with our lives because why is he here? I mean, they say he has like the working knowledge of DC. Yeah, that's I, it. He's really? a local, and also <laughs> yes. nobody listens to anything he says anyway. So why do they have him if he's yeah. supposed to be the expert? They should be, you know, taking his expert advice, and they're not. So you know, this goes back to that. Um, that MCU meme where he's like, well, he's out of line, but he's right. That's kind of mm-hmm. the description of everything Negan does. Like he's a jackass and he's not sympathetic and I don't forgive him, but he's right about just about everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets to the point where, you know, Negan for all of his problems as a character and, and, lame attempts at trying to redeem him and all that stuff, which is just show it's not going to work. It's never going to work. So just stop it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work with Jamie Lannister either show. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. But, um, you know, <laughs> I, I think what I've always thought made the best bad guys. Uh, and I, I, I hearken back to uh, pinhead from Hellraiser is such a great bad guy because as horrible as horrible character is, he never lies. Mm-hmm. He always tells the mm. truth and he follows his own moral code 
skewed as it may be, you know where you stand at all mm-hmm. times, and he's not going to lie to you. And that's why Negan as a character is valuable because, yeah, he can be an asshole and he can be completely self-interested um, unless it's part of a, you know, a, a, a deception, you know, like with Alpha, like, oh, I'm going to get in with Alpha. Like that, that's different. I and mean, in terms of our heroes, he's not going to lie to them. He has no mm-hmm. interest in lying to them. In fact, he revels in telling them the hard truth that no one else is saying. So I like the fact that when he's going on the, on this mission, he's like, yeah, this is a bad idea. And here's why X, Y, Z. And they're like, yeah, they're, well, all right, fine. Don't listen to me. You, I'm the truth teller. That's what I mean. That's my value. Hate me all you want. Kick me in, in the shins as you walk by, but walk in the direction I tell you. <laughs> Yeah. And this this was inherently a bad idea, though, like from from jump, the moment the storm happens and they're like, it's six hours and this pouring down rain. He says, let's slow down. They're like, no. It's like, OK, listen, is tomorrow never going to come? Because y'all have a week and y'all are like, we need to do this right now, today, right now. And it's like, do y'all have some type of intel that says, like, this is the perfect time to strike? If you wait six hours, is it going to be any worse? If you wait till tomorrow, is it going to be any worse? And I was kind of trying to wonder, like, what what's the big rush you know like i get that y'all have a week but if the, i mean it's pouring down right like it's torrential out there and their only option is to go into the subway which just sounds like a bad idea in a zombie apocalypse where it's pitch black so it's like there has to be a reason why someone is pushing for this plan right now so hard and so when he makes his pitch that you know i think maggie is just power hungry and also trying to just utilize me until she can kill me. And I don't like it. I think it, yeah, it, she was going against all logic. So he had to kind of think in that way. Like it's not making sense. So there must be something else here. And I, I kind of believe him. One thing I was shocked about is that we did not get Chekhov's flood. I was <laughs> really surprised that we did not see Negan's prophecy come true. Nobody got washed out of the tunnel. Um, not over yet. Could be coming next week. Yeah. <laughs> but especially when I had to look up um, a Karen, Acheron. Please, Greek scholars, let me know how I'm supposed to be saying that. We thought it may be Acheron. Um, mm. None of us are Greek scholars. So somebody tell me how I'm supposed to be pronouncing this. Um, but it is the name of one of the rivers of the dead in Greek mythology. And so I was like, of course, there's going to be a river coming through that tunnel. It's going to wash everybody away and make them dead. That is that is why that's a thing. And miraculously, nobody got washed away. No, although the flow of zombies in that tunnel <laughs> along mm. the the uh, literal river of literal dead. The literal uh, river of literal dead with the oh, this ocean been floor six. of these the white sands of the, the zombie plastic, you know. <laughs> uh, stop putting stop putting stuffed animals in piles of dead bodies. Oh yeah, there's that. Hate it. Oh, they name it Acheron, and they could have just named it the River Styx. That's shenanigans. You, it was right it, there. If they called it Styx, they'd have to contend with like a whole bunch of Negan's Mr. Roboto jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but we have so many. <laughs> you know, you know, Maggie, sometimes I wonder if <laughs> oh I am gosh. machine or mannequin. <laughs> I always keep your secret. You got a secret. You can hear him like sarcastically, like, well, domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of Negan expressions. The one that comes to mind, he says something about living rent free in someone's head. And I'm like, isn't this supposed to be taking place in a world where we didn't have that expression? 
Like, you can't say the word zombie, but you can say an anachronistic phrase when the world ended in 2010, and you're using 2017 lingo. Sure. He's before his time. It's, it's late. Not, he's an innovator. <laughs> Maybe it originated with him. Yeah. <laughs> he invented it. Like, the guy yeah. that infre- invented transparent aluminum. <laughs> How do we know we did not invent it? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the literal river of literal dead because that was gross. And what do we think that is? Well, I mean, I'm no uh, expert of the subway system, and you know, I don't have a map even to to guide myself here. But you know, I don't know about its location to even like maybe a nearby hospital. Um, that, you know, we, we see even in, in real world COVID times, how they have to just build these extra facilities on the fly and, you know, in the middle of a, you know, this pandemic of zombiness, you know, they probably just, I could see hospitals just dumping everybody just down the nearest tunnel. You know, I, I could see that happening, uh, from that. I don't necessarily say, I think this is like some sort of mass grave for some vicious military group as of yet unencountered, I mean, certainly it could turn that way, but then again, that's to me is just repeating the same old, same old. And just, I'd rather it just be like, yeah, they were just, they're, they're in plastic bags. They were disposed of sort of, uh, in, in, a you know, with, with, with intent. So it's very orderly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I could see it just being like hospital runoff or something. But that one guy's throat was not just cut. one. None of the, none of the walkers down there made any sounds. Yeah, no. uh, when they were like in the bags, like even when they were when they were stabbing them, none of them like made the walker noises. And so I have to wonder if you know, I don't know how many. Though, I, I'm not, I am not a, a trained doctor, but I don't know how many uh, hospitals are like. Oh, make sure you cut the trachea before you allow them to go down. The, you know, before you throw them into the body bag. I, and yet, I, and yet, a mm-hmm. severed zombie head will continue to make the zombie noise, which is wild, right? We've seen the zombie head just live. Yeah. Like we yeah. we've seen it like legit almost walk across the, the ground we've, with no we've feet. Seen them, we've seen them live rent free in the governor's apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, these guys were paying like, rent. Yeah. yeah. You have to sever the voice box, like whatever that means. Like, so I don't know. It seems like you have to be a medical professional to pull off a procedure like this. Who else would have the technique or the steady hands? So maybe AJ is right. Yeah, episode three will encounter the mad doctor of DC or something. Oh my God. I, I'm assuming it's Dexter at this point because this looks very <laughs> this looks very much like Dexter's MO. And it, maybe that's the crossover event that we've all been waiting for. I and I think we're meant it's meant to evoke that because of how orderly it is and how mm-hmm. everybody's been dispatched this way. And I think they looked fresher. They looked fresher mm-hmm. than they than if they had just been dumped down there like during like they say during the fall and especially you know they have this brand new bunny where are they getting a brand new bunny also i have to wonder that um and it like where are you getting all these people to murder it is the yeah. end of the world where are all these people coming from that's my yeah. question that no that's well, a good question that's always been a question i think you know in terms of yeah, eventually you figure the dead won't be a problem because there's just not any dead around anymore. When, you know, yeah. oh, the horde, we got rid of that horde. Oh, great. Well, that, that's that's our state's quota. <laughs> Gotta wait for right. 100,000 more people to die and there aren't that many left. So, yeah, I, I could, at some point you would think, although you're always going to get a refresh as people die, the, the curve's going to go way down. Yeah. Well, the, 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 what are we contending with right now, AJ? <laughs> 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I would like to know, though, like, let's say they, they, so no one's not going in and surgically removing their ability to, you know, to make sounds. Like, in, in the way we've seen people die is that they die and then they come back to life as a zombie. Like it just happens kind of just, it just happens. But do you have time to wrap them in plastic before you dispose of them? And then it happens. Or are they like suffocating them to death in the plastic is like for them to still be able to move. That means they died while they were in there. And so I, cause I mean, if they didn't die while they're in there, that means somebody wrapped them up, threw them down there and they just been playing dead the whole time, like lurkers. So I have a ton of questions about how this massive amount of people ended up in body bags or plastic saran wrap or whatever this is and also dead you know at the same time because normally when something dies you get away from it so were these bodies there before the zombie stuff and now they're just like waking up like i don't i don't know i just don't know if we can explain that when there being so many bodies well and why are all their throats cut like yeah you're not cutting them through the plastic you're cutting the throat putting them in the plastic dumping them in there and, and then they one day will get up you know <laughs> if if they are left over from the initial onset yeah like you said we're in a world where we don't know what zombies are so we don't know bullet to the head we don't know kill the brain so maybe they thought all right just quick cut the throat body bag down the hatch. <laughs> cut the throat, body back, down the hatch. It could have like just been tube. the procedure at the time. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like a laundry chute. This may be one of those questions we never find out, too, Chappelle, because we're stepping like over these zombies and moving on to the next stage of the game. We might never come back to this. I, w- I want us to come back to this because they said, you know, like whatever did this could still be out there. And I at least want to know that we even, like, even if it's not out there, that we at least know that it's not out there, right? Maybe Heath. <laughs> maybe maybe it's Heath. Maybe it's the taxidermist. Like oh, bring him yeah. back. Yeah, love that guy. He was a magician with his hands, you know. So bring that guy back. Underappreciated yeah. genius. <laughs> Before his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just I just feel like because they laid that little breadcrumb, I would like to see it amount to something. Yes. Agreed. Yes. And and not just like the series finale, we say, you know. Heath was the serial killer, and it turned out he got beaten <laughs> by one of his victims. <laughs> Benny the Chet Rodriguez went on to play pro baseball, and <laughs> my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Senator and Mrs. John Blutarski. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we need to start working on our uh, that was we should do for the finale all the things they don't tie up we should just create like a long like oh, long yeah. form list of all the people like think back to way at the beginning like no mm-hmm. no T-Dog did not actually die he <laughs> went on to start a community college and get his associate <laughs> degree in culinary arts like he always wanted to you know like we need to do that yeah, the Vatos. I, I, what happened to the Vatos? <laughs> That's the one that I wondered about because I know the show is not shy about bringing back somebody from episode one in season eight and being like, mm-hmm. hey, remember Morales? Oh, yeah, he turned into a savior and now Rick's going to murder him. <laughs> yeah. We got, listen, if they, if they don't do it, we will. Yeah, let's make a whole list. We will have a special at the end of the series. We will say, <laughs> you know, these people. You know, stitched together the corduroy suit that Elton wore on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So oh, much. I these people it. are these people are responsible for setting the blaze of gory. Oh my gosh. Because we still have not I can't wait till we get back to the little tykes. Let's just say that. I'm just very excited. I'm very excited. That's it's kind of sad that we're watching the flagship and we're talking about how much we miss World Beyond. I do. I really do. I need a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I bet they have sandwiches in the Commonwealth. Possibly. If it exists. If it exists. Possibly, but, you know, they certainly will cater to your dietary restrictions and they'll know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly will. I, I, I think any place that is able to take requests on that magnitude that even is allowed to care about that, they must have something going on. They're not just like a bunch of chain link fences and five guys playing all the roles. Mm. So I, you know, I think everybody winds up there. That's, that's my prediction. Yeah. I hope it's real. I, or uh, I hope it's real because it would be nice to see how you merge all that. But if mm-hmm. it's fake, then that shows me how we get away from it. Because it's like, yeah. oh, look, it's all a ruse. You know, Great we just been holding people hostage. Yeah. Right. And then we get everybody, the gang back together on Maggie's ultimate plan. Um, but this isn't the big fight, right? Like, is this what we're leading up to? The fin- Like, the, the series is about to end. Are we really leading up to, like, Maggie and her crew going to fight the old crew and then live happily ever after? Yeah. What is The Walking Dead once this season ends, like, what do you guys predict? It was, it's episode one of the season finale. What are we looking at for the the series? I'm sorry, series series finale. Like, what are we looking at for the very end? Like, what what l- ha- knowing the pieces we have on the board, what is the optimal ending for this show that we have in front of us? I think the optimal ending for the show is getting everybody back together on the same board again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Michonne has to come back mm. for like the last episode or two. Um, you know, she doesn't. She doesn't have to have Rick. I mean, it'd be great if she has Rick with, because that would be just a really mm-hmm. cool, cool way to end the series. Is Rick going to sleep in a bed? You know, yeah, start Rick, with him waking mm-hmm. up in a bed and Rick coming over the hill, being like, "Hey guys, what did I miss?" Yeah, oh yeah, like a, yeah, some sort of like closure in that regard. You know, Daryl and Carol got to go off happy together mm-hmm. in, in in their coexistence. Yeah, spinoff or no? I mean, th- th- we all want that. We want all want that friendship to just just go on. And she doesn't want to stay. And so, but as long as she's got Daryl, it'll be okay. I, I think that. And you know, okay, you know, a lot of the dead people or the people we, we've lost. Let's find them. Mm-hmm. Let's get reunited. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Connie can come back, and Kelly can find her. Well, the problem yeah. is, if Connie comes back. That kind of ruins the Daryl Carroll thing. Ooh. 
or it makes it even more interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I said, I, I, or maybe some closure, even finding a body, like, like, like closure on that storyline there. You know, like the 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 things that have the, the the strings that are just left hanging there. I think we definitely don't have time to set up this whole Commonwealth thing and have it not be the thing that drives the whole season. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it all, uh, we either go there because it's great or we escape from there and come back to our own place and yeah. just build it up again. And again, yeah. that that's where the Michonne and, and, and Rick coming back and like, let's start over yeah. as family kind of thing can go heck build a barn, like build yeah. a barn, raise like, a barn, like, Herschel's barn, two point yeah. Herschel's yeah. barn, yeah, <laughs> named after Herschel Jr. Baby Glenn. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I think it can go. Um, mm. You know, I don't, I, I don't really want to have like a twenty five years later fast forward where it's, you, you, you know, know we're Judith, getting it. Though. I know Judith is going to be there and Glenn Jr. and. Herschel uh, and Herschel Jr. and and Judith are going to be a couple. They're yeah, going to have a uh, baby. They're going to be wearing Rick's damn hat. You I know. know. <laughs> I know. Boo. Yeah, and some, someone's going to be. One of them is going to have some sort of uh, chemical lab and go. I found the cure. Freeze frame. Dee, 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 dee. And everybody's <laughs> like, "Yeah, we don't care. We killed the last zombie fifty years ago. We're fine living like this. Yeah, yeah. it's fine." We have a system now. I think, I think, I think I would like there to be a happy ending just because the show is so miserable for so long. It was supposed to never end. Uh, it could be a bittersweet happy, but I, I, I don't want like it to end with like everyone just dead in the field. going. Yeah. And that's it. No people left. You know? Rocks fall. Everyone dies. I mean, that's what I'd have to put my money on, though, because I, I told you, you guys, I was misled when I started watching this show. I was watching the show and I came in thinking we have a plan. The plan is to find the cure. And then somewhere along the lines, Eugene said, hey, I made it up. <laughs> and, and, and we thought we were finding a cure way before we met Eugene. <laughs> but when Eugene finally says, you know what? I don't think there's a cure, you guys. We've never gone back to looking for a cure. Like, no one's ever mentioned a cure. No one said anything about a cure. It's like, yeah, that's old. That's old hat. That's a wives' tale. We're not doing it. But I would like there to be some type of, you know, definitive end to the zombie apocalypse. I just don't think we're getting it from this Walking Dead iteration. And then I wonder, well, if we're not getting it here. Are we going to get it anywhere? <laughs> like, is the world beyond yeah. really where we're going to get it? Fear the Walking Dead, we have no foreseeable end to. So, I mean, it could be the end. Or is the Daryl Carroll spinoff, you know, I don't know. Is that is that what will, you know, sh- lead us to the cure? Or, or like you said, AJ, do they just end up in a field zombies? Like, I would like to know what we're aiming for, because at this point, you can't stretch this out any longer. We have an end date to this series, and I just want it to end when it ends. You know, I don't want it to be ends, but, you know, <laughs> dot, 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 hmm, you know, to be continued. Um, so I have my fingers crossed for something to come from the Commonwealth. I, I think... It's funny because I feel like this is not the kind of show that would say, you know, any place where people are wearing stormtrooper armor and processing inmates for, you know, reprocessing and reprocessing people to evaluate their fitness to, to join the gang. This does not seem like the happy ending spot. Call me crazy. (laughs) 
Very true. There, I mean, you know, there's just a trash compactor right behind the wall there. <laughs> They're crushed people who uh, don't pass muster. Uh, so yeah, they, just, they walk yeah. the plank. Well, how long are they being processed? Because even w- when we see them, you know, we saw that one couple, and I, I say couple, but that that gentleman and that lady just like They're talking. A they might yeah, the, that, that pair of people, right? <laughs> yeah. They were standing there and they're like, he's like, oh, it's been four months. And she's like, no, fool, it's been nine months. He's like, wait, they process you for nine months? Why haven't they killed you yet? Like, what are they waiting on? Are they, like, if I feel like they're keeping you alive for nine months, that means they're feeding you. They're using resources on you. They must need you for something because it would be so easy to just kill you. So I have to wonder. What could they possibly need you for if they want to keep you alive for so long? Like room and board is not cheap. You know, it costs a lot of taxpayer dollars to keep these prisons open. Yeah. So I have to say that there there has to be something there or they're just doing this because they're crazy and they just want to like torture you for nine months. It just doesn't make sense. The thing I really wanted to happen is I wanted these guys to be like, it's been four months. No, it's been nine months. And then like have one of the guys in armor walk by and like, stop being dramatic. It's been three days. Right, exactly. <laughs> I rebooked them this morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the gruel, right? Eugene yeah. says like, the gruel ain't that bad. Why don't we just wait it out? But I'm like, they've been waiting for nine months. What are they waiting for? What is the, What are they expecting to happen um, that just doesn't seem like it's going to happen? Those people looked clean. They look like they're well fed. They're groomed. Yeah. Eugene's got a point. It's not the worst thing. I mean, yes, for like a month or two is not the worst thing. But nine months later, you're like, okay, stop reprocessing me. I'm tired of being interviewed. Can I just, what's next? You know, it's like they're in purgatory in a way. Um, yeah, but it's, it's also, I mean, they're, they're, at least they're allowing those to stay together. So it's not like they haven't separated them. They haven't said, oh, you can't talk to your friends. You know, this, this, this couple that's together mm. is clearly still together. And they, they don't say, don't talk to the other people. Yeah. Talk. Share stories. We don't care. We got nothing to hide. We're just not going to tell you what's going on. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's the friends we made along the way? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that couple got together during processing. That's the story <laughs> <laughs> they met you're like you're basically princess where you can just watch that couple and you're mm-hmm. like no 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 yeah. they're, they're they're sleeping together but they also they're having a they don't want anybody to know it's been nine months it's really been four months but their anniversary was three months ago and he's forgotten for the last three months and so she's upset so yeah <laughs> it's i guess you could build your own storyline there i just want to know why you keep them alive like they just can't be the best use of resources from my point yeah. of view I, I was half expecting them to turn to another cell and have Victor Strand sitting there. Well, I'll tell you what's going on, by the way. That's the ending uh. I want. Honestly, the ending I want. You know how I said I want the ending to be every all the chess pieces on the same board? I want all the chess yes. pieces on the same board. I want... You know, I want Strand. I want Madison Clark to come riding over the hill like with Rick Grimes. And then I want... Heath to be like carrying their bags behind them. I want the the younglings from World <laughs> Beyond to open the gate and say, hey, welcome. Come on in, Madison Clark and Rick Grimes. Victor Strand is already here. There's Daniel. And everybody from every series on one screen, like the end of freaking Titanic. That's what I want for my end. Even Hook? Especially Hook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want Huck to have fallen in love with some nice person that she met during processing. <laughs> oh, Huck. Okay. Okay. That's fine. And, and, I'll and, take and it. Then, and then Big Mo 
Yes, Big Mo! <laughs> we need Big Mo in the finale. We have to have it. Yeah. Um, but again, which finale is that? Because this finale is coming, but mm-hmm. the World Beyond finale is like one more season, and Fear the Walking Dead does not have an end date. Daryl Carroll Burnett show is coming <laughs> as well. The, the Variety Hour is coming. So when do we get this? I don't know, but I'm, I'm my fingers are crossed. I want all the like the the end game moment, you know. Yeah, I, I, the the end end like <laughs> the end of the Rick Grimes movie is this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have to wrap it up for everybody, or we wrap it up for nobody. That's exactly how I feel. All right. Well, speaking of wrapping it up for everybody, see what I did there? Yeah. You got anything else we need to bring up about this episode? Uh, the only thing that I would like to bring up is that I am so happy that they did not do what I was afraid they were going to do at the end of this episode. Is I thought for sure Negan was going to reach out his hand mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pull Maggie up and, you know, just have that moment of, of, you know, this doesn't change anything. It's like, didn't say it did, but yet have it, you know, <laughs> working on, on Maggie, you know, like, well, maybe he isn't so bad, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure he was, he was going to lift her up. And I was so happy that he did not because again don't redeem this guy he's he's an asshole he is self-interested that's all he cares about and he would not have helped maggie in this situation and Mm -hmm. i was so glad they went there and hooray 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 well it says something about this show that none of us are sitting here like oh my god maggie's dead Right. Is she under the dumpster? Who knows? Yeah, Maggie no, ain't we're like, no. She ain't going nowhere. Yeah. She ain't going nowhere. Um, I did also like in that moment, too, that it looked like Daryl went chasing after Dog. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that what we're led to believe? Mm-hmm. I, I, now, here, what? What is happening? Like, the master oh, I, of survival, Daryl Dixon, chased after an animal down a mysterious tunnel that he does not know where it goes or what's in it. And can barely fit in because no one else could move anything over there. Like he just dove into some rubble to save the dog. And I mean, I guess he didn't have a good plan for how he could get the dog over the platform anyway. But Daryl, what are you doing? What is what is what is this? I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and say Daryl's advocate. Daryl's advocate even with his angel wings on his back. Dog (laughs) is very clever. And would not have run that way if there were zombies on that side. Would not have gone through that hole. I think he's thinking, Daryl, that Dog is leading the way towards the escape. I'm going to scout it out ahead. It must be safe because Dog went there. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to come up back the other side of the train and say, hey, guys, coast is clear. Come on down. I think that's what he's thinking. Mm. You can tell Daryl is a first time dog owner. (laughs) because <laughs> sometimes dogs are just dogs <laughs> yeah he's gonna find the dog like rolling around in a dead rat <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially in the subway system right like the, it's like dog what are you doing and dogs is like like so proud of itself um yeah i i guess it's one of those moments where lassie's stuck in the well and daryl knows it because dog told him but yeah. i feel like dog could get through that little passage i just don't know if daryl realistically should believe that he can too move safely through that passage um at this point you have to trust that dog will be okay and just climb over the wall 
I just don't know why that was a that was just a choice. And so I have to assume that Daryl probably comes up from that hole and then probably saves Maggie or something. Um, but right now it just looks like we just kind of discard the Daryl moment because of the Maggie moment. Maggie's moment is bigger. So it's like, oh yeah, Daryl did just dive under a bunch of rocks in the middle of this, like for no reason almost. So I thought that was a choice, to say the least. That was capital C choice. There's <laughs> many choices, but you know, uh, you know, Maggie, Maggie falls, and so you know, you don't end on a cliffhanger with her actually hanging. You actually have her falling. That's kind of cool. <laughs> a cliff yes. falling. That's it. That's also mm-hmm. a choice. Yeah, but yeah. she's not dead. No, 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 not in a million years. Not no. No, I mean it, it's family tradition. <laughs> you fall into a pile of zombies and you come out okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be nicer if if there was, uh, you know, maybe uh, one of her flunkies had died first, and so she could just they could rip yeah. that person's guts out from an aerial shot. Then you know, let's just completely repeat the saga there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. what they're gonna do instead of like a rite of passage into adulthood. Like instead of a bar mitzvah, this is what Herschel's gonna have to do when he turns thirteen. <laughs> Basically. Um, I, w- I do have a question for you. Hmm. Uh, I think that we have to plant our flag here. Negan is alive. Maggie is alive. Mm-hmm. Do they both survive this series? And if they do survive, well, if one doesn't make it, is it at the hands of the other one? Like, Neither can we ha- live while the other survives. Uh, yes. Yes. A very popular prophecy that I know well. But that's what I have to know here because I have famously, I've been out on the Negan for a very long time. Mm-hmm. There's nothing he can do to run me back. I was never in and, on the Negan. Right. But, like, this is not a thing for me. But I just I don't see a world where it happens. Mm-hmm. I have a thought on this. I think. I think Negan tries to sacrifice himself for the greater good at some point. Ew. And Maggie doesn't let him. <laughs> she saves Ew. him from that sacrifice. Ew. And, and a little boy kills Oh, my Negan. God. Not oh, Herschel. come on. Yep. Stop it. I'm not giving Negan the Jon Snow ending. Oh, my God. A little boy will kill him. Justice for, justice Revenge for of Daddy. <laughs> Justice mm-hmm. for Ali. He told Jon Snow. Anyway, That's what's yeah, gonna look, happen. That's I'm, gonna, gonna happen. I'm gonna do you one better in the hashtag basic. No, department. no, I can't stand by and listen. I think to this. Negan does there? die. Negan does die, and he dies saving Herschel. I think that's what no. That's what it's pointing to. Like that's the and most Ma- hashtag basic thing I could think of, and that's like storytelling one hundred and one. And Maggie's pregnant, and she names her her child Negan. That's when you that's when you wrap <laughs> I mean, it all up. Pregnant by whom? Who's pregnant? No, no, walking dead. It could, it could happen. Uh, it was the big guy. Uh, what's his name? H- Gus. Hodor, apparently. Yeah, Hodor. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> they got the man in the iron mask. Yeah, yeah, him. He seems like a, right. a nice guy. He's, you know, nice. or her. Yeah, they. <laughs> whoever that is. Yeah, they introduced a lot of characters and like my name is and I'm like I don't care. Don't care. Yeah. Don't care. Don't right. care. Right. Who's Alden? My name is, is Cannon Potter. <laughs> oh, Alden. I I know who he is because I was calling him Aiden for like half a season. <laughs> and then I was calling him Elton for a while and I think that was right. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's around. He and Maggie had a, like it looked like they had some sparks and then he got with Enid and then Enid died and so oh. now he's back on the market. We got action. Yeah. That's, but that's the baby. interesting thing. I <laughs> forgot to bring this up. He was a savior. 
Yeah. Oh. And he's in there like telling me into STFU. So how the tables <laughs> the have audacity. Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? So that's you know Well he's one of the he's, he's one of the saviors who, who he was one of the saviors who, who gave up and like you yeah. said, we gotta stop this. So there there's at least that. He was uh, friends, basically. C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. There's a C. Thomas Howell sighting here, folks. I mean, my goodness. He, he had like maybe two lines of dialogue or, or something in the tunnels and he didn't really get focused on. But I'm like, it's C. Thomas Howell. He's got to be in the room. a character because you don't get C. Thomas Howell to play somebody if he's not going to be around for a little bit. I love that he's just like a fan and he wants to be on the show. I mean, it makes me so happy. Anytime I see Ponyboy Curtis, it's our, I'm just got a grin from ear to ear in the first place, right? Oh, man. He's a, man. He's a soul man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, we uh, don't talk this, about that movie, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Neither does Ray Dunn Chong. Yeah, this, this episode left me with a few questions, but that was my biggest one. I definitely wanted to know, like, well, we have the players. What happens with this? Because I think that's, for me, that's the most intriguing part of all of this. Uh, another smaller question would, of course, be pumpkin suit guy. You know, he says he's in charge. We know he's probably not in charge, but who is in charge and does it even matter? Uh, and so they only have a limited amount of episodes. I don't know. Do y'all know how many how many episodes the season is going to go for? a lot of episodes, though. I think it's like 24 episodes. I think they're doing like the, the Breaking Bad model of A, B, and C, and it's going to be two oh. years long. So it's really, there's like three more seasons. If you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, then I guess we're in it for the long haul. Then, yeah. and it's, yeah, I'm thinking like we're about to wrap this up. But 24 episodes, you have time to in, like start a storyline and end one and start another one. Yeah, exactly. I think my theory on this is that we are we are going to have resolved this Reapers situation by the end of this season fragment. Mm-hmm. We will have everybody moving toward whatever their next home is. Probably the end of this fragment as well. We're going to have one more big bad in the middle and then the end puts everybody where they're going to end up. So that's, okay. that's my prediction. Yeah. Let's go with that. I'm excited. I think, like I said, I think that one group is the entertaining group. You got the angry group with the intrigue mm-hmm. with the, uh, the Maggie and, and uh, Negan. So yeah, I don't see a boring storyline here. Um, and so I'm waiting to see if they ever just, you know, mesh into one, but even if they stay separate for a while, I think just the way that these two groups are set up, you are going to have your comedic relief over there. You're going to have your intense moments over there. And so regardless of what happens, I think these, these, these last episodes are going to be a good time for all three of us. Yeah. Well, I think even if the, um, if, if if the episodes were bad, they would be a good time. (laughs) Especially if the episodes were bad, they would be a good time. Probably. We watched a lot of this franchise that's been a lot of not very great, and we've gotten through. Then they, they know how to set up. Yes. They don't always know how to knock down. Mm. And so, but I, I was happy and encouraged and very, very thrilled to see that the first episode was engaging. Three story, you know, it was, it was the raid, and then it was. Two storylines that bounced back and forth. I'm like, oh, I, I even felt progress within the episode. It, it's like, okay, cool. It was set up but without it being feeling like, hey, exposition, 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 exposition. It was like, no, there was action and they moved and they actually went places, went places they shouldn't have gone, went places they were warned about going and they still went there. And so, cool. That's a good start. 
Uh, I hope they knock it down with the second half of this two-parter. And my concerns will start with episode three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> agreed. I, agreed. I'm, I will co-sign that for sure. So, AJ, what else is going on for you? I heard there's some Beat My Guest happening. Indeed. We uh, are in the midst of season eight of Beat My Guest. Uh, you can catch that on your pod casting uh, apparatus of choice and uh, fun trivia for the whole family uh, can be heard there. Uh, also, we have Felonious Pundits, our Criminal Minds rewatch podcast uh, in the middle of season two. I think we're uh, what, uh, three seasons away from C. Thomas Howell's role as the Reaper. So, <laughs> and he plays a character named the Reaper. So there That's you amazing. go. Uh, amazing. The, the, uh, kismet there so uh yeah you can check that out as well uh other than that just doing my espn thing and uh enjoying enjoying uh the tail end of of the baseball season before the uh, football rush kicks in right for sure Chappelle. i know you're like the busiest man on the podcast network am i I, yeah, I get around. Um, currently, of course, I'm very happy to be back with y'all, but um, I'm also on Silent Podcast Network um, talking about Never Have I Ever, the hit Netflix show that is now currently, it's just wrapped up their second season and they're, they just renewed their for their third season. So Sasha Joseph and I are covering it episodically on Silent Podcast. And then every week I talk to Rob on Rob Has a Podcast, of course, uh, w- with the RHAP Rewind. It is a uh, you know, I guess uh, my baby at this point. I love that. I love that uh, podcast. I just talk about old reality shows, and that's what I'm doing literally every week. I, I couldn't be happier. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm busy. I guess you could say busy is a word, but I'm having a good time regardless. Um, but yeah, that's all I got going on. I mean, I'm listening to a ton of podcasts as well. I think that's really what takes up most of my time. Um, sad, sadly, AJ put me on more podcasts to listen to uh, because I think I started listening to the um, Obscure Podcast with Michael Ian Black. And so I've not gotten through that yet. And then I still have to finish Beat My Guest. So most of my time is spent absorbing more podcasts and actually producing them. Yeah. Well, Chappelle, when are we going to see you as a contestant on Beat My Guest? Uh, never. Because I am not smart enough. AJ would have to change the whole format and make it like beat my guest for kids. Are you are you smarter than a fifth grader who could beat my guest? You know, maybe that is where you would find me. But I I love listening regardless. It is a it's a very fun time. And AJ has also been contributing um, various trivia questions to a segment on uh, the other podcast that I've been doing. Uh, Josh Wiggler and Brooklyn Zed and I are covering the 20-year-old reality TV phenomenon, The Mole, on Mole Patrol. And every week, we also use Mole Patrol as an excuse to do a trivia quiz about television plot points. And AJ contributed an entire Criminal Minds round that was very well-received, as well as a round about Strigoi that was not very well-received. Josh Wiggler's favorite show of all time is The Strain, and anytime you see him, you should ask him about that, because he loves (laughs) talking about it. Uh, And we are up to, next week we're going to be covering episodes 9 and 10 of The Mole, because we're going to take off the week of Labor Day. Um, And it has been the most fun ever. We are almost to what I consider to be the singular greatest moment of television history. And Josh Wiggler has never seen it. And we're planning to be in the room physically with him when he watches it. And I'm like, I've been vibrating about this for like 10 weeks now. 
That is awesome. I am very much looking forward to it as well. And uh, there, there's a there's a Walking Dead scene, of course, that that is reminiscent of that that I have not brought up to him at all because I don't even want to go that far. But uh, I, I, I'm so looking forward to hearing his laughter repeating in my head over and over again. He, he's gonna. His head is gonna explode. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be that good. And I, it has been just a joy. Um, you can watch The Mole Season 2 on Netflix and follow along with us as we podcast about that. And, of course, many amazing things happening in the Rob Has a Podcast post-show recaps orbit. But if you are not, if you've gotten to the end of your feed and you've listened to everything on post-show recaps, you're probably thinking, there's got to be more. And, my friends, there is. got to become a patron of post-show recaps for all kinds of extra content. Um, you get several weekly podcasts. You get access to a Discord channel where you can make friends, play Dungeons & Dragons, play Brant Steel, play in a Wario-themed casino game that has been written specifically for Discord that every time I go in, there are 20 new rules I don't understand. Um, there is a book club. It's like the second you get there, you have a million new best friends and you also have the opportunity to listen to lots of extra podcast content. You get at certain levels, you even get swag. It's, it's a very fun time. And if you want to do all that, you can go to postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon for all the details on how you can get started with the patron program and very highly encouraged, but we appreciate you. Even if you're just along for the ride, just listening, uh, that helps us out. Uh, rate and review us in the iTunes store. That helps us a lot as well. And we will be back next week to talk about part two of this two-part premiere. And until then, have a great week, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.